Open your Bible to Romans chapter number 12, Romans chapter number 12. Wednesday nights, we kind of go meat and potatoes. We kind of, it could almost be like called a Bible study in here, even though that's old-fashioned. We just love the Bible enough that we're going to read it. We're going to read it out loud. We're going to talk about it. We're going to change our opinions to line up with it. We're not going to change its words to line up with our opinions. We're serious about the Bible. We're Word of Faith people. We're Word of God people. We're Christian people. We don't believe the lies of the devil, and we're not conformed to this world. We're being transformed out of this world. Into the, into the likeness and image of God. So if you have your Bible, open up to Romans chapter number 12. When you're there, say amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Beseech is an interesting word in the Greek. When he said, I beseech, what he's saying there is, I encourage you. I exhort you. I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to light a fire under you. I'm trying to get you to move in the direction that I want you to go. If you had an old cow in a chute and he wouldn't move, you'd get a hot shot and you would beseech that cow until it got out of your way. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, my friends, my brothers, my family, those who I know and I love, by the mercies of God. By the mercies of God. Do you know how you accomplish anything in this life and in this world? It's by the mercies of God. Without the mercies of God, you and I have nothing. Without Jesus Christ, we have nothing. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't have a thing in this world or in this life. So if you don't have anything else to be thankful for on a Tuesday or a Wednesday morning, wake up bright and early and say, I am so thankful for the mercies of God. You say, I got a kid who's not living right. He's not doing right. He's not doing everything he ought to do. Well, thank God he's still alive and he's still got an opportunity to take part in the mercies of God. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice. Did you know if God had said, here's what I need every one of you to do after Jesus dies on a cross and raises from the dead, I'm going to need each one of you to go find you a cross, carry it up a rock hill, find somebody to whip you first, find somebody to nail you to it and die. And three days later, I'll raise you from the dead. And it would have been completely lawful because he's God and he can ask anything. He gave his only son, didn't ask you to die. Isn't that a unique scenario? There's only one dying sacrifice. That is the Lord. That is the man, Christ Jesus. You are called to be a living sacrifice. How am I called to be a living sacrifice? When my friends are talking a bunch of nonsense and talking negative about somebody else, I'm supposed to sacrifice my opinion and my opportunity to say something negative, and I'm supposed to say what the Lord says about that person, that they're blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out, the head and not the tail, child of the Most High God. You are a living sacrifice. You need to lay your life on the altar of God every single day, every single morning. You ought never get comfortable with the negativity in your life and the demonic activity that's trying to pull you down and tug on you and call it common culture and call it progress and call it everything else. It's called demonic and I'm not changing my mind because the Bible's not changing either. A living sacrifice, that means we don't do what everybody else does. It means we don't act like everybody else acts. It means we don't talk like everybody else talks. It means when we have the opportunity to do wrong, we choose to do right. A living sacrifice, it means that whenever you have every reason to be mad at somebody, you choose to not be mad. Whenever you have every reason to be upset with your wife and say something ugly, you choose not to because you are a living sacrifice. And when you left your parents and cleaved to your wife, you became one. So there's no reason for you to hurt yourself because that's all you're doing when you talk negative to your wife. Ladies, if you're looking for a husband and you got one that might be a good prospect and he talks down to you, run, don't walk away from him. That's nonsense. 
You're looking for a kind of person that's a living sacrifice. You're looking for the kind of person that you can be a living sacrifice for. That when you walk in the room, it makes you want to be a better person. When he walks in the room, you want to be a better person. He wants to be a better person because you're a living sacrifice. Paul said, I encourage you. How are you going to be a living sacrifice? By the mercies of God. You say, I missed it yesterday. Well, thank God it's not yesterday anymore. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about now, and I'm talking about tomorrow. If you can't be a living sacrifice, you can't even call yourself a disciple of God. It's quiet when you talk like that. The bottom line is there's nothing new in God. There's nothing that's changing with God. There's nothing that's going to stop in His kingdom. His kingdom revolves around that word sacrifice. It was built on the word sacrifice. The old covenant was filled with sacrifice. The sacrifice of blood uh, of bulls and goats. And their blood, their blood was enough to push the sin back off of the Jewish people long enough that they could just get before God and tell Him what they, tell him what they needed to say. And then if they ever wanted to go to God again, they had to have more sacrifice and more sacrifice. So the entire thing hangs on sacrifice. Thank God this covenant that you and me walk in called the new covenant hangs on the sacrifice of one man, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He is the last sacrifice. He is the only sacrifice you need, but it is a reasonable thing for you to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Have you ever heard anybody say that's not my job? Have you ever worked with somebody that, 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 that say there's a spill on the carpet right here and you say, oh, man, somebody needs to clean that up. And the first thing they say is that's not my job because they don't view it as reasonable for them to do what is being asked of them. But for you to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable is an overwhelmingly reasonable thing when you think about the exchange rate. He gave you beauty for ashes, life for death, righteousness for sin. It is a reasonable thing to separate yourself from the nonsense of this world and say, I'm going to present my body as a living sacrifice. Holy, holy, holy. You say, I want the Spirit of God to move in my life, but you've forgotten the Spirit of God's first name. Holy. He is a Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He doesn't play games. If you take something dirty and rub it on something clean, the dirty thing doesn't get clean. The clean thing gets dirty. When somebody comes into your life and you're trying to lead them in the path of righteousness because you're supposed to be making disciples that will follow after you because a disciple looks like you, talks like you, sounds like you, reads what you read, talks how you talk, and might even eat what you eat. I hope they're not mine. But along the way, you get to the place where you're sitting there and you realize that they're doing what you do. So you better be holy. And when I say holy, I'm not talking about a palpable hat and a nice robe, even though I think I'd like to wear a robe every now and then. Maybe a collar real big. I'm into that kind of stuff. Just kidding. I like jackets and suits. But either way, the bottom line is that is not holiness. Holiness is being separate from the world. Holiness is staring at the stuff that MTV and all that nonsense spits out. Look at your children right in the face and saying that is not godly and I don't care how popular it is. Holiness is whenever they try to water down the death and murder of babies and call it 15 different things or call it choice. And for you to stand flat footed and say, no, that is murder. And I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to be separate from what everybody else says. 
I don't care. I'm not into status quo. I'm into being holy. Why am I into being holy? Because it's reasonable. Is it not reasonable to live your life for somebody who died for you? If somebody came and your child was running in the street and there was a big bus coming and they grabbed your child and threw that baby out of the way only to get hit by that bus and tragically killed, ending their life early, would you not give your life in thanks for the person who saved your child? This is what he did for you and me. This is what he does constantly and always. The Bible says he's up there before the Father right now making intercession for you and for me. It is a reasonable thing for us to present ourselves a living sacrifice and to be holy. I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because I like it. Do you you know what the angels around the throne say in heaven? They don't say compromise, compromise, compromise. They say, holy, 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 day and night, all the time, 24 hours a day, if there are days up there, 24 hours a day, constantly, holy, holy, holy. He named his spirit holy. Jesus is called holy. The Father's called holy. He's a holy God. There's nothing unclean or unholy about him. We get saved. We're not supposed to drag him through the filth with us. We're supposed to start walking and rising up out of that nonsense. If you can't get separate before God, I question whether or not you're really trying. Is this okay on a Wednesday night? There's a difference for living for God and talking the talk. There's a difference between living for God and acting like you live for God. If you want to go to some kind of a a, a church where they talk about the Bible, but they don't teach the Bible, they never read out of it. Otherwise, there's plenty of them. And God bless them. But here's what this book says. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse number two, he said, and be not conformed. Be not conformed. Do not pattern yourself after the world. There's a lot of people that take uh, top 40 hit music, uh, you know, popular music, which I could care less, you know, there's some songs that I like, there's songs that I don't like, I don't pay much attention to it, my radio's never on unless Matthew's in the truck with me because he's just always musical, but, but either way, you, you, there, there's these people, and, and I don't want to say people, but there, there's this trend of taking a top 40 song and just rewriting the lyrics and making it a Christian song, and that's fine, and if it's bringing people to Jesus, that's okay with me too, but this Bible says to not pattern yourself after the world. I believe the Holy Ghost that resides in me and resides in you and resides in our worship team can put out something that God wants to hear and not necessarily that the people want to hear, and we don't have to be patterned after the world to try to have some kind of success. I believe in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit has not lost his ability to be creative. Did you know you can raise your children without having them underst- uh, without having them have to understand certain words before their time? You can get to a place where you say, you know what, this is my house and I'm not going to have this stuff because we are not going to be conformed. We're not going to be modeled after the world. And listen, there's a lot of stuff that's not necessarily good or bad. It's just the way it is. But at the same time, there is a place where you have to say, I'm not modeling myself after that. I'm modeling myself after him. He said things like this all the time. Be ye perfect as I am perfect. Perfect. Be faultless. Now listen to me. That doesn't mean that you're going to get there. 
Listen, there, there, there's, a, there's a sanctification process that we're all in and we're all on and we're doing our best to press towards the mark for the prize and we're trying to clean out, get, get clean and when we make a mistake, we try not to revisit it because the Bible talks about that. But what I'm saying is, is there's a place in you where you have to make the decision that He's my example and that doesn't mean sandals and robes. It means doing right when nobody else does. Not because it earns your way to heaven. Not because it's the way to get to God. Listen, you're saved by grace, through faith. But here's what he said. It's your reasonable service to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Be not conformed to this world. Here's Here's the best part. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many times have you looked through life and said, what should I do? How many times have you said, what is God calling me to do? How many times you said, where should I live? What job should I take? Where should I get to? How should I get there? What should I do with my life and what should I do with myself? I don't understand. I'm trying to figure it out. The recipe for success and finding out what the will of God is to be. Have your mind transformed. When your mind gets transformed, the word transforms the word metamorphoso. It's the same word we get the word uh, metamorphosis from. It's like a like a like an old caterpillar that's crawling on an old log, and one day he just decides, oh, it's time to make a cocoon, and he he weaves himself a cocoon, and he gets in it, and before you know it, he comes out, and he's not a caterpillar anymore. He has been metamorphosized into a butterfly. No longer walking and crawling in the dirt, but flying in the breeze and and looking around for the beautiful flowers that he's going to go get nectar from. He's changed completely. If you can get to the place where your mind is renewed, then you can be completely transformed into a thing that knee jerks and believes the will of God. And oh, by the way, the word prove that which is the perfect will of God is not the word that you would think of like prove like like Sherlock Holmes. It's the word that would say, I will recognize The will of God. If you want to recognize the will of God in your life, you have to metamorphosize. You have to change. And the way you change is to renew your mind. You know, every time that you go to the hospital and there's somebody having a baby, that doctor wants that baby coming out head first. Head first is always the key to life. If it's coming out backwards, it's a problem. If it's coming down, if it's starting to put a foot out first, it's a problem. That doctor wants that baby coming out head first because if you can get the mind out, you can bring everything else. The devil doesn't have to really cripple you. He's just got to make you think you're crippled. The devil doesn't really doesn't have to make you dumb. He's just got to get enough people to tell you you're dumb until you start believing it. Say, oh, I'm never going to be anything. But then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes on the inside of you, and you start getting to the place where you can renew your mind. You can get your mind pointed in the right direction. The word renewed there is the word for completely change for the better. How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind by the washing of the water of the Word. So many times in our lives, so many times in our homes, we miss opportunities to declare the Word of God. So many times on the job site, we miss the opportunity to declare what the Bible says. Did you know you don't have to say John 3.16 and then say, for God so loved the world, blah, blah, blah. You can just say, God so loved the world. 
The power of God is found in the Word of God, not in the uh, specific reference, even though the reference is good. It helps us look it up and all those other things. But did you know that the minute that you start adding those taglines, there's a lot of people in this world that just turn off. But you can still speak the Word of God. Did you know when somebody comes to you and they're sick, you can just say, I believe you're going to get better in Jesus' name. All of a sudden, you start to change the atmosphere because you have the ability to renew your mind, which has been washed by the water of the Word. There's nothing like having a renewed mind. There's nothing like having your mind completely changed for the better. i got about two more points. Y'all still with me? Did you know you have the authority? You have the authority to tell your feelings how to feel. Did you know that you have the responsibility to tell your attitude how to act? Did you know the person that cuts you off in traffic only has as much authority to ruin your day as you'll give them? Did you know that your boss, did you know that the person that you work for who smarted off to you again, only has as much authority to determine your psyche, to determine your mental state as you will give him or her. But the scenario is this. You've got to get to a place where your mind has been renewed. I'm a hunter. I like to hunt. One of my favorite things to hunt is dove. I don't know why. They're the symbol of peace. It's really kind of funny. I don't know why. we. It's a season in Texas. But we go, we go shoot them, and then we wrap them in bacon, and we put a jalapeno in them, and some of them we put a little cream cheese in them, and then we smoke them on a pit, and then we stick, we stick a little toothpick in there, and it's like these little poppable things because they're only about that big, and they're just amazing. And I love to hunt them, hunt them, hunt them every year, September. One of my favorite things to do. My pastor, his name is Jeff Hackleman, He's wild as a March hare. We get along great when it comes to hunting and fishing. We get along great anyway. But hunting and fishing, we don't mind. Drive all night, fine. We'll do it. But he asked me one day, he said, hey, I want you to take this guy hunting with you. And I want you to teach him how to hunt and keep him safe. I said, great. We'll call him Bob. His name's not Bob. We'll call him Bob. So Bob's there with me, and I give Bob a shotgun. And I said, okay, Bob, here's the safety. Here's how you load it. Here's how you do it. Do like this. Shoot in front of the bird. Don't try to hit the bird. It, you know, it just all these different things. I was, I was explaining to Bob. And here's the other rule, Bob. You stay way away from me with that gun. So he's way over there. And I'm walking off. I set Bob up. Bob's sitting here because we all sit on buckets, you know. We wear camouflage so the birds can't see us, even though I think they still see us. So he's sitting on this bucket, and I'm walking off, and I get about 20 feet from him, and I hear, boom! I'm like, ah! And I'm checking, you know, see if, see if he got me. And he goes, I saw a dove. I said, man, it's dark. You didn't see anything. It's like, okay. So I walk off. <laughs> so I walk off. We get over there, and the whole day is spent just like that. I'm, ter- I'm terrified for my life, guys, for real. Then his wife comes out there, and she wants to hunt. <laughs> She's never shot a gun either. Then their little boy comes out there, who I love. I love their whole family. They're very good friends of ours. Their little boy comes out there. And I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm a nervous wreck now, okay? 
There's guns everywhere. Bang, bang, bang. And I'm, you know, come here, buddy. Don't run out there. Boom. Oh, was that at me? I just, I didn't know what to do. At the end of the day, he shot a couple of birds. He had a great time. It's first time to ever go hunting. First time family ever been hunting. First time the little boy had ever been hunting. And 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 we, we, we get back. Me and Pastor Jeff are having lunch. And he's like, so, man, that was a great hunt. You know, we killed a whole bunch of birds. I'm like, yeah, man, it was great. Can't wait to wrap them in bacon with a jalapeno and some cream cheese. Are y'all hungry yet? It's so good. It's so good. I said, Pastor Jeff, I said, it was great. He said, he said, well, how did Bob do? I said, oh, brother. I don't know if I ever want to go hunting with Bob again, Pastor Jeff. He said, oh, why? I said, man, I was so nervous. He was so excited. I, you know, half a dozen times his gun went off, and I don't think he meant for it to go off. I think he was just over there playing with it, and I thought I was going to die the whole time, and I was just so freaked out. I said, man, I said, he just, he just wore me out. He says this to me. Pastor Jeff's eating some shrimp. He said, well, you know, he doesn't have a daddy. And immediately my mind was flooded with every moment that my dad took with me to show me how to safely carry a gun, to sit right, to make sure everything was safe. Here's how you drive a truck, son. Here's how you drive through a field. Watch out for stumps and stump holes. If you're stepping over a log in the woods, always look over it first because there might be a snake on the other side, which has saved me more than once, believe it or not. Here's how you sharpen your knife. And you're going to want to keep that, that, that stone with you because if you happen to be uh, hunting and, you, and you, you, you get something big, you might have to sharpen it while in the middle of, of, of cleaning it. There's just different things. And here's how you tie a, a fish hook on, son. And don't bite it with your teeth. It'll break it. But but a knife, it's hard to do. Bring some little clippers. Just click. All these little things. That, oh, here, son. You know, when you're, when you're listening to a carburetor, you really only got two options. It's either going to run rich or it's going to run lean. If it's black smoke, it's gas. If it's white smoke, it's water in the ga- water coming through the, the, the cylinders. Now you got a big problem. Studs in a wall are 16 inches apart. They're on 16-inch centers. Here's how you change a tire, son. Here's how you talk to a wife. This is how you treat your mom. This is how you talk to your brothers. This is how a man works. This is how a man talks. When you think it's the right woman, here's the things you want to look for. All because my pastor sitting there eating shrimp says, you know, he didn't have a daddy. And my mind was completely transformed for the better. And I couldn't see any of the negative stuff that I was just focused on with this guy. And all I could see was he's not strung out on drugs and he didn't even have a daddy. He's not living in a ditch somewhere, and he didn't even have a daddy. He's raising his children in church, and he doesn't even have a daddy. He's married a wonderful, godly woman, and who told him how to find a godly woman? He doesn't even have a daddy. How did he get here? How can I help him? And I called him, and I said, what can I do for you? I didn't tell him what Pastor Jeff told me. I'm just saying. 
my mind was renewed and I was metamorphosized, I was changed into something closer towards the likeness and image of God than somebody sitting up here who was taught by a loving father how to do everything that this guy had no opportunity to learn. And I'm looking down at him like, I can't believe he doesn't know how to do this. We've got to get our minds renewed, completely transformed for the better. We've got to be the people. We've got to be the people that everybody else wants to be like. We've got to be the salt of the earth. I had a cheeseburger for lunch. Like I said, don't follow me around the food system. I was eating it. It was good. I grabbed the salt, and it got better. What I'm saying is we've got to renew our mind, and everything else will follow. And if we can do that, this building, our next building, our building after that, all the acres of land we're going to have in Jesus' name, debt-free. All that that God's going to bless us with won't be enough to hold the people that He's going to send us. Because so many times, listen, we model after the world. And we don't try to. Listen, I wasn't trying to be a jerk to this guy. And he didn't even know it. And I was justifying it. I was like, I, I was nice to him, to his face. <laughs> you know, I just... But when it mattered most, somebody just reminded me, here's how God is. Maybe we should just be a little bit more like Him and not modeled or patterned after the world. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would, please. Thank you for listening. For more information on Pastor Brian and New Heights Church, please visit www.newheightschurch.info.